Hi, welcome back to the God of Onions podcast. I am Hiral Mehta, your host and the creator of the podcast as well as the owner of House of Hiral, a brand that sells art and lifestyle products. Today, our next episode, we have Sanjana Chetlani, or also known as the creator of the Bombay Lettering Company. Sanjana is a well-known calligrapher, lettering artist and entrepreneur. Sanjana has worked for clients such as the Ritz-Carlton, Michael Kors, Jimmy Choo and also created art for Nick Jonas and Priyanka Chopra's wedding. She also occasionally conducts workshops for budding artists as well. Let me add her. Hi. Hi Sanjana. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited uh, having you on my platform. I think it's an honor having you at my platform. Thank you. Thank you for having me and congratulations on this amazing podcast. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so yeah. much Sanjana. Means a lot yeah. to me. <laughs> so, it's uh, amazing. I, think... I guess it's always amazing to see when people are, you know, bringing artists from the community together, taking initiative, um and just, you know, like getting that information to everybody else because I think it's really valuable and helpful also. Yes, and I think you know when people knew that I'm going to be interviewing you, you don't know how many DMs I have received and really? like, "Oh my god, are you interviewing Sanjana Chetlani? She's my favorite. I'm her fan." And I was like, "Wow." Oh, it's such an honor. It's, it's, it's heartwarming. Honor. <laughs> it's really nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Disha's here. Hey, Disha. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. so nice. Yeah, yeah. Great. So I think um, we can start now. I can start asking uh, questions to you. I've already introduced you. So yes. Yeah. Thank so you first... for that introduction. <laughs> yeah. So my first question, I'm sorry, is what led you to uh, your interest in lettering? So it's really funny because I'm, you know, I wouldn't come to you with like this very like, you know. a story you might expect where i said i was studying art in school and i was always inclined towards it so for me it was actually the opposite i um had never even thought of calligraphy or looked at calligraphy um until i was like 25 years old and it was only during my corporate job um that i discovered this love for it so i was an art student in school i had taken visual arts as well but i never thought that i'd do something with it professionally you know it's also this thing that's drilled into our heads that thing you know the story of like the starving artist and how like being an artist is not going to make you money like how can that's i make true. that a profession um and i mean for me it was a very you know a natural path after college i got my first job i was doing marketing and brand management um for a french company and i was loving it it was in the luxury industry so it was marketing for a wines and spirits company and over there actually was the first few times that i actually saw that every time our products were going out to be gifted they were going with handwritten notes in calligraphy and we would get a calligrapher to our office who used to sit and write and that was the first time i actually noticed and appreciated it and i was like wow and i think for me that's when the interest just started rising when i started following artists on instagram i started seeing what this world was all about um and as we all know it's like this rabbit hole that it just sucks you in um true and one thing true. i kind of just led to another and that's how i started you know studying and practicing it yeah 
Wow, wow, Sanjana, that's an amazing journey. I think, wow. And uh, I think a lot of people are asking if this live is going to be saved. Yes, this live is going to be saved at God of Onions. Yes. So now my next question I think, you know, I've already got my hair standing after listening to your journey somehow. <laughs> but yeah, wow. So what pushed you to convert this passion into profession? How did you go about this change? So as you said um, that, you know, you came from a corporate, but I would like to know some more on how, you yeah, know. Sure. Yeah, sure. So when I started, it was the first time I kind of got interested in, the world of calligraphy was somewhere around like mid 2017, early 2017. And um, the minute I knew that I really liked it, I tried to look up some calligraphers in the US and I tried to club it in because I remember I was going for a family holiday to California. And I said, let me see if I can even attend a workshop by a teacher. So I attended a few workshops. I actually met a few calligraphers in San Francisco and LA. And the one thing that really blew me away then, and I can't forget it, was how amazing the community is over there. The community of artists, how helpful they are, how forward. They, they just come forward to help. Even though they didn't know me, I was a girl from India who just sent them an email being like, can you meet me? I'm going to be in LA and I'd love to know about your journey. And some of them responded. They met me. So I think I came back and I was like, this is it. I'm making an Instagram account. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, wow. but I want to just make an Instagram account and just start posting pictures of my work. So six months of just doing that, six, seven months, I was learning. I realized that I, I really like pointed pen and copper plate. So that was the only thing I was learning and doing at that time. Um, until six months later, I started getting requests from just friends and family to do simple projects, you know, like, hey, can you write 10 cards for me? Can you write, you know, like five place cards for a sit down dinner? Can you, you know, write a birthday card for me? Like very easy, simple stuff that was ink on paper, you know, and I was like, yeah, sure, why not? And just like that, through like word of mouth, friends, family, my colleagues at work, people knew that I was doing this thing on the side and people would reach out to me. And um, I remember it was Diwali, 2017 that a friend of mine said listen can you write Diwali cards for me but I'm only gonna do it if you charge me and I was like money charge what no 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 no! I'll do it for free I'll do it for free and he was like are you crazy you have to charge me and I remember that day because it was Diwali 2017 was the first day I made my first ever income in like calligraphy and I did those cards for him and he loved it so, you know, it just kind of spread. Wow. And over the next six to eight months, I started doing it on the side. So I would be at work from like 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. I'd come home really excited to, you know, eat dinner, sit on my desk and just work on clients projects or just practice and study till two in, two in the morning, three in the morning. And I was loving it. And obviously until it reached a point um, where I wasn't even considering it to be a a business. So I didn't even consider it to ever become something that I could make full time. I always just thought it would be like a side hustle, you know, or like a passion project. Wow. So I, that's the thought of doing it professionally that didn't strike me or the thought of doing it full time. Well, it's also because I loved my day job. I loved it. 
I had an amazing team, an amazing boss. I was learning a lot. I loved luxury brand management. In fact, just yesterday, someone asked me that, you know, if it wasn't calligraphy, where would you have seen yourself going? And I, I said, I was like, I think I would have gone to do an MBA in luxury brand management and then completely gone into that, you know, sort of section in the corporate world. Um, so it was also because I loved my job, the idea of quitting never came to my mind. I also thought I was this superwoman who could do both. And I was like, yeah, 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 I can, I can manage. <laughs> Until obviously it was getting a lot. And then I realized that I had to, I was saying no to a lot of calligraphy jobs that were coming my way because I just didn't have the time to take on more. So that was the first really? time where it, that was the first time it kind of made me realize that, hey, I think there's more demand for this than I thought. And people seem to be liking what I'm doing. So, and that's when I started thinking of the idea of what if I had to quit and go full time with this? What if I had to kind of quit my job and explore this world? Like what's the worst that can happen? Maybe the worst that happens is that I fail at this calligraphy thing. Okay, I'll come back into the corporate world. <laughs> so that was my thought process. And that's kind of wow. how the, the idea of even thinking of quitting my job to go full time with this came up. But it was a lot later, you know, after I started studying and practicing it. Wow, wow. Yeah. And I think uh, it's a good thing that you did not do your master's for luxury brands because you already work for luxury brands. <laughs> Yeah, wow. I don't know when I'm going to do my, I was talking to, you know, um, my teammate, Jaina, last night, actually. And I was like, I don't know when I'll go for a master's now. I don't think so. Um, I don't think so. You know, because now you're... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, and I think the place of... where you've reached now, it's way more than your corporate job anyway. So <laughs> it's, yes. it's a lot more fulfilling, for sure. You know, and I'm, it's a I'm lot sure, more I'm like... Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So my next question is, what challenges did you face while creating your business and how did you solve these? Okay, so I would say right in the beginning, um, the biggest challenge was also that people didn't take me seriously. Because um, even though it's been a short like four years, um, today the world of calligraphy in India has really evolved thanks to social media, thanks to Instagram, thanks to, um, you know, international calligraphers coming here and all of that. Um, but, but back in 2017, when I started, calligraphy was looked at in a very different way. It was, you know, it was just looked like skilled labor for a lack of a better sort of word. And people wouldn't think about paying for it. They didn't think of it as luxury. They didn't think of it as a beautiful art form. You know, they would just think of it as, ha ha, just get a calligrapher to sit and <laughs> sit at home and write on 200 envelopes and that's it. You know, like it was, it was not looked at in a way that it is today and the exposure we all have today with, you know, connecting with artists all over the world. So I think the first thing back then was nobody took it as seriously. They just thought I was doing something for fun. It was like a passion thing, but nobody thought that it could be converted into a full-time business. So, the, you know, just trying to convince people around me that, listen, I, I have faith in this, I believe in this, and I know that it can be made into something much bigger mm-hmm. was the initial challenge I faced. Of course, my immediate like family and friends were very supportive, but it was also about convincing people around us and clients around us, 
and justify the amount we're charging. You know, because at that time people would be like, 50 rupees to write a name. What nonsense. I'll only pay you three rupees. And I'm just like, seriously? <laughs> so you would think we would come across all sorts of people, you know. And um, I think so that was one big challenge to kind of convince people and show people that this can be made into a serious business. Just like anybody else, we can be business owners and artists can be entrepreneurs and all of that. Agreed. Um, another challenge I faced was um, pricing, kind of understanding how to price my work, because it's not a conventional, you know, like field, or it's not something that's very common where you know, you know, like traditional practices of how people price their work. So for me, in, in the beginning, it was like, how do I even price a handwritten letter? How do I price the nameplate? How do I price how do you put a price on your service on your art and your skills? Yes, because in India, yes. that concept of um, charging by the hour is not as common as it is abroad. So abroad, yes. you know, uh, calligraphers and artists can easily charge, oh, my charges are $150 an hour. Oh, my charges are $200 an hour. And that's fine. In India, if you tell someone, hey, I'm charging you 5,000 rupees an hour, they'll think you're purposely going slow just so that you can clock in more hours. Oh, that's true. That's so true. And I've come across so many people who've said that to me, you know. So it's like maybe that pricing structure doesn't really work. So how does it work? So over the months and even years, it's always been a challenge to figure out the right pricing for the right thing in the right, even in the right city and the market based on your audience, all of that. So I think pricing was a good challenge, but we're getting good at it now. I think as a community of calligraphers, <laughs> We're all getting a bit better. We talk to each other. We communicate. We make sure that we're all kind of in a similar range, at least the few calligraphers that I know, you know, so that nobody's completely undercutting someone. Um, Agreed. So, yeah. So I would say challenge one was at least letting people take me seriously in the beginning um, and showing people what's possible. Challenge two was pricing. Um, and I think, yeah, overall, it's been really great. So not too many. There are little challenges as you every single day, but not too many like really big ones. Oh, there was one big one, which was getting good quality supplies in India. So when I started, I couldn't source good, proper quality tools and supplies. And that was the biggest challenge for me because I had to wait for people coming from the US or from Europe to carry it from me and bring it to India. And that's what led us to even opening our own online store. Because now yes, we... I agree. So that was actually the driving force behind the online store because I was like, this is so frustrating. Like, how do we get all these amazing supplies in India? And I was like, forget it. I'm just going to open my own store and I'm going to make sure we have everything over here. And that's what led wow. to the store. Yeah. Wow. It's very interesting. It's very interesting because I see a lot of your products. I think you recently introduced a pen as well, a copper plate Yeah, pen, so this which is, is very um, interesting. So it's an oblique holder made by this amazing um, team in Italy. And, okay. Uh, they have a calligraphy store and they make calligraphy supplies and holders and beautiful inks. Um, and they even made Barbara Calzolari's personalized holders. So that they're the ones who've made it for us and they're doing really well. They're beautiful. Yeah. So they're wow, only letting wow. oblique holders. Yeah. 
Amazing. I also see a lot of people asking questions. So the ones who would hmm. want to ask questions, you all can ask at the end because once we complete with ours. Yeah. So, okay. Yes. So my next question is, what tools are required to be a successful calligrapher? Not just physical, but mental tools too. That's a good question. So, um, of course. to be an artist or to you know to study any art form you have to have um the certain technical skills obviously so you want to um constantly um study improve um practice learn you know you have to keep uh upgrading your own skills so for a calligrapher a few skills that are really uh, you know really really um important are you want to make sure that you're building your muscle memory you want to make sure that you're understanding the shapes you're working on guidelines your hand is steady you're um you know focusing on your breathing you want to make sure that you get these beautiful perfect strokes that are not shaky that are not off shape so it actually as an art form it's quite restricted and it's quite technical also because you're working at very specific angles um you're working with tools like ink paper nib etc um that all have to come together in harmony to work well for you and uh, while people don't understand when we say this that it takes years and years to master a script um it truly does and i'm seeing that because i'm i mean i've been studying copperplate calligraphy for about 4 years now and i know that i'm i still have years to kind of keep refining it and mastering it but if you you know to answer your question about <coughs> sorry that's cj for oh, that yeah <laughs> apart from you know the um the the skills that you require there are lots of like mental tools also right you want to make sure that you are dedicated you want to make sure that you're um extremely focused and when you do sit down to practice it's very mindful practice I also feel like things like focusing on your breath and your breathing and your state of mind is so important because as an art form like this if I'm having a bad day my hands going to be really shaky and I'm not going to be able to get those perfect strokes so it's so like interdependent on your mood as well you know so wow. you kind of want to make sure you're always in a really nice and positive headspace at least for me like some of my best work comes out when i'm in a good mood when i'm feeling great um and some of my not so great work comes out when i'm just having an absolutely crappy day and that those are the days you want to switch off and maybe not write and just do some admin work or do something else you know but it's really it is yeah exactly like someone just said it's meditation it's complete meditation it is so therapeutic as a it's so meditative and i've tried this like i've worked with um elder people have worked with autistic children um you know to try and teach them calligraphy as well and the results we've seen of just you know sitting down forgetting everything else focusing on your breathing your nib your ink your paper your strokes actually feeling your ink flow onto the paper is so meditative um that i think it changes a lot in you like i feel it's changed me as a person over the years as well it's made me a lot more calm it's made me a lot more patient and it's made me um a lot more attentive also like i pay attention to little details because that's what calligraphy is all about it's all about 
you know that ocd in you has to come out yes. like yes. to the next <laughs> level so it's made me actually focus on little details that in everything in life that i otherwise wouldn't have maybe given a second thought to you know so i feel wow. i can directly i can directly see it impact like other things that i do in life not just calligraphy wow wow that's yeah. that's beautifully said i think um, i think the hand eye coordination happens when you have a right state of mind well well said yeah definitely wow so my next question is uh how do you brand your calligraphy as yours so what is your niche so i guess everybody who knows me today and who follows me knows that i am obviously i want this to change over time and i hope it evolves but maybe today i am known as a pointed pen calligrapher in the country people know that my my strongest point my niche is copperplate calligraphy um i my style my vibe my aesthetic is very like i think i try to keep it very elegant very minimal um very maybe even luxury because that's my that you know yes. um that is my kind of vibe and that's what i love and you know that's my aesthetic so people know that if they're coming to the bombay lettering company this is what they're kind of going to get and my i i mainly work with you know weddings with brides with events with corporates with brands and we add in that personalized handwritten touch so yes people i think know me to be pointed pen calligraphy um copperplate calligraphy flourished elegant work i guess that's what i'd like to say um hopefully over the years that evolves and we get a lot more like scripts under our uh, wings and um let's see where it takes us i don't know wow wow so true someone said it's luxury for sure it is yes that's why it's calligraphy is not a need it's like it's an it's, a, it's an added luxury it's a want you know yes yes yeah. it's, it's beautiful So yeah. So my next question: uh, How did you develop as a calligrapher? So the one thing I kind of realized and learned, especially with Barbara, who's a teacher and a mentor to me, she's a master plan woman, is that uh, you will never stop learning. Um, the first thing she gave us in Italy when we reached were these really cute tags that said "Ancora imparo," which in Italian means "forever learning," and that basically stuck with me that you are constantly evolving, and there is no such thing as "Oh my God, I have reached a level where I don't need to learn anymore. I don't need to attend any more workshops because I've mastered it all." There's no such thing like that. Like today, at an average, I'm attending like two to three workshops a month. With, wow okay. with other teachers across the world and i mean thanks to the pandemic um teaching has become so attending workshops has become so easily accessible today because everything is online when i started to actually learn from a master penman you had to fly to wherever in the world they were to make sure you could attend their workshop but today i don't know if it's i mean a blessing in disguise but we are able yes. to sit at home look at our laptops and attend classes with teachers from all over the world which is a luxury really which is um true very true you know we've gotten 
and it's like you're in the, you're getting first row view right because you're getting yes. the screen directly um so well, i think for me the one thing to keep developing as a calligrapher is to constantly learn upgrade study um not just maybe calligraphy uh you know scripts but even things that complement your calligraphy so okay. you know yeah. whether it's like things that i'm things that i'm doing like i'm learning how to do gilding and illumination which is the application of gold I leaf i saw that yes around yes, to decorate your work i saw that so yes. i think to constantly uh, it's stunning it really is and i love it and i'm hooked you know so like for me it's also like okay i'm studying calligraphy and i'm studying these art forms but what are the other things in the periphery or the other um uh skills i can learn that will complement my calligraphy and take it to the next level wow wow that's so maybe, quite interesting yeah that's really what it kind of is for me so there's someone who had asked a question saying that she wants to learn where can she learn from where can she uh, register at your space yeah website instagram just shoot us a dm and we'd be more than happy to kind of help um help you begin your journey amazing amazing yeah. so uh, my next question is um so i actually saw on your website like about you that you do a little bit of devna uh, i'm sorry about my pronunciation i could be wrong dev devnagari text devnagari yeah yes so what drew you to learn uh, indian calligraphy or devnagari text you know when i started studying and i realized that all of us are trying to run and learn these western scripts and all the western styles and not realizing or not you know kind of paying attention to the fact that we have this gold mine in our own country um mm. and we're lucky to have two different languages that are from two different scripts i mean not two many for me too cuz yes. i speak i speak english and hindi um so we have english that comes from latin and hindi that comes from sanskrit right and that's a beautiful script and it's also like why why are we chasing this thing of learning all these european scripts and american styles when we can do some amazing work with our own like our culture True. i mean for True. me that was the first sort of kind of just like you know nudge to be like you know what let's explore this and let's see and of course then for me it was like if i want to learn this i want to learn this from the best in the country um and i reached out to achyut palav who is probably one of india's most renowned calligraphers he's been doing calligraphy for over 40 years now so you know i'm saying i struggled in 2017 imagine in his case he started doing calligraphy in india 40 years ago and for wow. him trying to explain to people that he was a calligrapher so his journey is remarkable and i reached out to him and i was like so um i want to learn with you and i know you teach these big group classes but is there a way i can come and study with you just one on one and he was like i don't teach anyone one on one um but if you need to show me how serious you are and if i think you're serious enough then i'll teach you um so i guess to kind of prove how serious i was i had to um take a train which was a two and a half hour journey one way i would take okay. a train at 7 7 am to go and spend the morning with him 
study with him and then take the train two and a half hours back here. And I would do that four times a week for a couple of months. And wow. um, yeah, and he was like, okay, I know you're serious. Let's do this. And <laughs> he was the best teacher, the best mentor. So, you know, it's been, it's been really nice studying it. I, I mean, I would admit that I still don't give it as much time and importance. I would love to. Um, also, because commercially, I predominantly do English calligraphy. But, you know, for everyone studying and learning, like Devnagri is beautiful. Sanskrit's beautiful. There's so much history. There's so much culture that we can um, learn, study and understand from that script uh, that we shouldn't ignore it. Wow, wow, that's very well said. I think as you said that, you know, uh, we should not forget the culture of our, uh, you know, Indian heritage. I think we have so many uh, writings which have been forgotten or which are there as well as you said. So yeah, it's very for cool. sure. And then it's very inspiring. You know, and then the next thing that pops up is um, how do we combine what we know? So I'm always trying to combine copper plate calligraphy with the Nagri and create something. Because then the more you know, the more you study, you can always kind of create art in whatever way you want. Some people like creating, um, actually using their calligraphy to create canvases like Achutza. He creates a lot of art pieces with his work. Um, so, you know, th then there's so many options for one to like create with the more you've learned. Wow. So I think it's wow. I think it's quite cool. That's quite yeah. inspiring for me as well as many people here. Yeah. So yeah. my next question is um so um any advice you may have for young artists who are uh, trying to set their foot in calligraphy? Yeah. <laughs> Um, maybe through my own like little bit and little journey, I could say that, um, you know, one, uh, before deciding to jump into doing it professionally, um, I would say really understand how much you love it first, you know, like really spend a couple of months or years doing it for yourself, doing it for as a hobby, doing it with no pressure of doing it commercially, because when you do something um, for fun at your own time with no client coming back and giving you feedback or yelling at you for what you've done if you've done it wrong um, it's very different from actually doing it professionally because um, you're working with clients who sometimes may not be very easy and they're quite difficult to work with or you have tight deadlines or you have you're doing something that you don't particularly love but you have to do it so it's very different what I'm trying to say it's very different doing it um, for yourself and when you're doing it professionally for a client um, a lot of times people don't like it when they when they have to do it on timelines and deadlines and stuff like that so the first thing is really spend time to do it for yourself and understand how much you love it and you know be realistic with yourself in terms of am I ready to take this professionally like you know it's one thing to just dream about something but it's another thing to kind of be professional uh, to be realistic about opportunities potential where you stand so I would say, you know, try and be as honest with yourself in terms of, are you ready to take it to that next level? Are you ready to do this professionally? Um, the next thing I'd say is, if possible, um, after graduating, try and work for someone else before you work for yourself. 
um i've i've had like tremendous learning in the four years of working in a corporate job before i quit to go full time with my calligraphy you know but then again it, it also boils down to do they want to build a business or do they want to be a freelancer do they want to be an artist so of course it's like what is it that you want but if you do want to you know try and start your own thing i would say as much as possible work for such a business are everything i learned from my first job even that sense of discipline of working for someone you know so i would definitely say like try and work for someone else before you start your own thing um and just never ever stop learning invest heavily in yourself if you can and heavily means with whatever you can invest as much as you can in learning learning from the best um you know connecting with the community uh it it goes along with it sorry i didn't mean to preach but wow. i would say that that's no, mainly no, like no but that's that's think. very true as you said that you know when you it comes from the heart eventually it pushes you to do more and eventually it makes you go on persistently as you said it's sure. it's very important you know it's so important because today like my friends come home and they see me doing like 500 envelopes 800 envelopes like addressing envelopes and they're like do you not get bored like you're just writing the same <laughs> thing again and again and i'm like no i love it like it's like it gives me this like adrenaline rush like every time i move on to the next envelope i'm excited of oh my god how can i do this flourish differently or how can i do this write this word differently and it's like it's like a thrill you know and a lot of people may not feel that you know so you have to really i have seen one experiment. of your lives yes you i have seen one of yes yeah, sorry no no i'm just saying like you have to see what makes you tick you know like what is it that gives you that joy and are you sure that you're so passionate about it that you want to convert it to a business and convert it to your profession because i truly feel that only if you're like crazy passionate about it will you be able to cuz it's it's an art form at the end of the day you can't run it like a business a, you have to run it with your soul and your heart and your passion true. at least that's what i think yeah true 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 that's so true i had actually seen one of your lives where you know you were exploring every letter where you were asking names and writing them and you were exploring you know the different techniques you can try while writing it i think looking at your life somehow even though i am an artist i'm a contemporary artist not a calligrapher that you know you have to be passionate in your profession while you will have to continue yeah because yes. it's an art form you know at the end of the day sorry you were saying something that you saw some live and that's when it got your live i i yes so i had seen your live where you were writing names and you were trying different techniques on how you can actually do it differently with every name yeah yeah yes that's it was really interesting yeah for yes. sure and that's, that's like the fun of it you know and that's yeah. the, and it's not uh, trust me not everyone understands it so a lot of times like when we go for these like calligraphy um conventions or something like i am fair so you come together with calligraphers it's like you can talk about nibs the whole day and nobody thinks you're weird because everyone <laughs> is equally passionate about it so true quite nice true true so true so guys i am done with my questions would you all have any questions for sanjana So yeah. the first question is what kind of financial investments is required to have a calligraphy setup like yours 
Well, initially nothing. I didn't have any, like, I didn't invest into it at all. I started saving with all my projects um, slowly over the years until, of course, I could begin to afford things like rent and employees and stuff like that. But for the first, like, two and a half years, um, I think the most I took was initially I asked my parents to, like, send me for one workshop. So that was the first and only investment I had taken from like my parents. But after that, I kind of started using everything that I owned and everything that I made to pump back into my own calligraphy business. Yeah. So even today, like wow. everything, everything I own is kind of pumped back in. And that's, you know, that's kind of my way of going about it. So no, you don't, don't need a massive financial investment because it's not like we have to invest in like machinery or like, um, it's not something that you have to have an office for. It's literally your tools and supplies. That's the only thing you need to initially invest in. Just buy good quality ink, nib, paper. And that's about it to start with and books or workshops. And today we're so lucky because there's so much like free resources available online also true. to at least start. True. So to at least start, true. you know, true, true. So someone's asked, how much did you pay for your first workshop? Um, so I think this was when I went to the US. I paid like $200 or something at that time. Yeah. Oh, great. So it's from Hridaya made with love. I think yeah, I hope I yeah, pronounced yeah, it yeah. right. So the next question is um, from Disha. How do you get that work-life balance? I think she's a fan of yours, Disha. I know I Disha. Think. Yeah. yeah. It's so nice because you know there's so many people who are just all connected with on Instagram and you like yes. you know everyone in the community. Disha, I am the worst person to answer this question because I um actually didn't have a very good work life balance when I was starting off. Purely because um I I just, you know, used to feel that when you when you start something you have to like give it your literally your heart and soul and your all and and it's it's a different thing because i was so passionate about it that it would never feel like work so that was dangerous because i was always doing it and i was always doing calligraphy <laughs> because i never felt like i was actually working um jayana is here laughing cuz she's my teammate <laughs> and she's like dude you need to like sleep um, <laughs> but obviously i think now what's happened over the years where you know, we've, I've got a studio. So for me, the studio was such a great way to divide the work and home life. Because when I was working from home, I was like working at 2 a.m. I was working at like 4 p.m. I was just like, I had no cycle. Like I would just work all the time. Or if I'm not working on client work, I'd be like studying a script or, you know, learning or something. But now what's nice is sometimes I even tend to leave my books and tools in the office. So that when I come home, I know that it's just time with like my family and my dog and my tennis and my exercise or whatever it is and my friends. Um, so I'm kind of getting better at it. And I've realized that um, you have to have that work-life balance. It, otherwise, it'll drive True. you mad. It'll drive you crazy. True. Even whatever with True. whatever you love, um, you have to take that time out to do other things, to do things you love. Um, and I think we get better at it as we go True. on. Yeah. True, true, so true. I have a question. How many hours do you work now after shifting your office? I mean, studio and... Um, so usually we get, 
the also the other thing i realized and begun to love is that now that i work for myself i want to um i want to make the most of this i don't want to be my own slave so if i want to go and play tennis at 9 o'clock in the morning i will do that shower whatever and reach the studio by 11 or 11:30 and i'm okay with that you know so i make plan my day according to like everything now and i probably get into work by 11 11:30 and i'm there till about 7 6:37 or like 7:30 but of course that doesn't mean that when i come home sometimes i don't work so i do feel like my most productive <laughs> time is sometimes at night because i'm a complete like night owl so sometimes oh, i know sometimes i know that it's okay if i don't you know work too much during the day but i can get 2 hours of really good work in at night um and i and i like that uh, but now we're kind of back to working from home again so now again it's a little difficult to try and make that balance and manage work life yeah for sure but i kind of just come and sit on my dining table at like 10 o'clock in the morning and then i'm here till about 5:36 and i i'm happy and then i might come back at night but that's it wow that's quite interesting so my next question is there are so many questions now but i will tell you like oh as God. an artist and for a lot of artists no two days will be the same like it's hard to have a routine you know like a fixed routine True. because based on what you're working on on based on the client work you're doing your day will vary like some days i'm doing more admin work and more like you know sitting on my laptop kind of work and then some days i'm just on my desk writing and doing calligraphy and then some days i'm just packing orders and packing out kits that need to go out so it's it's nice because there's a mix of a lot of things so it's not it doesn't get monotonous true 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 so our next question when did you realize you wanted to be a calligrapher did you pick it up as a hobby i think uh, sanjana has already spoken yeah. yes she's already spoken about this i'm going to save this live and you can actually watch it again where she's answered this now the next question is okay sorry when did you realize yeah since calligraphy is usually a hobby did you find it difficult to make it a profession i think you've answered that as well yeah so let me select the questions okay yes someone saying how can cj adorn where is yeah i think where is cj or she's asked twice the <laughs> price who is cj cj is my golden retriever i will get him okay. at the end and i will make him oh my god so say cute. hi <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So okay. Cute. What's our next question? Yes. How can one join your team? Um. You can email us at contact at bombaylettering dot com. You know, just shoot us an email with your CV, and um, if we ever, whenever we are looking, we'll definitely get in touch with you. Okay. Then the next question is, which is the manuscript you can choose for a beginner? I think um, I am. Uh, re five. Hi, I'm sorry with the pronunciation. He's asked us um, like twice. So I mean, yeah. I would say the first thing is you know you want to kind of understand what style of calligraphy you want to learn and study, and then based on that you dive into like books and stuff. But what I would say is there are some really great resources. So like iampeth.com is a great place to kind of go explore. Um, you know, get some manuals. David Grimes website has you know some manuals that you can download for free he has a lot of resources 
So you can check these websites out and see what you'd like to download and get in types of in the form of like books and manuscripts and stuff. You wanna um, uh, kind of understand which style and script you wanna study. So I think he said copper plate. So if it's copper plate, then you know try and find who are the best copper plate calligraphers that you wanna learn from. So a lot of people. Um, love Suzanne Cunningham and her copper plate is beautiful or flourishing is beautiful. Maybe see if you can attend a workshop of hers. You know, there's Pat Blair who's known for great copper plate. There's Eleanor Winters. Um, Paul Antonio himself is amazing. Paul, Paul is great for copper plate. You know, so you can kind of figure out who are the few amazing copper plate calligraphers and who do you resonate with? Like whose work do you really like? And then kind of learn from them as well. Yeah. Amazing, amazing. So the next question, what, what is the onion film? Okay, so I think that question is for me. Yeah, you so the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the reason I have named it as God of Onions is because it's based on the onion philosophy where the layers open. So, you know, while, uh, say, for example, while I'm questioning Sanjana, we've got layers opening, you know, we are understanding about her journey, her philosophy, and so many things. So I think every episode has, uh, you know, the layer opening. So this, uh, we call every episode as layers. So this is the second episode called as layer two. So yes. That's amazing. It's a great, like a really nice concept and idea. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Then our next question is, um, let me, how to price your artwork? You've already answered. Yes. So someone's asked, why is it not from? Yeah. So is Instagram enough to get potential clients or we have to be on other social media platforms too? I think Instagram is amazing. And I think Instagram was the only social media platform I was on um, for the longest time. And it worked wonders. Of course, it's a mix of a lot of things. So, you know, it's word of mouth. It's a little bit of networking. Um, uh, and while I, I will say that Instagram is a great platform to gain business, um, you know, you, what's also important is you want to try and build your own list or database of clients and people. And a great way of doing that is building an email list. So if you guys have heard of or read about email marketing and the importance of that, because that means that you have your clients, community, customers, email addresses to reach their inboxes directly without the help of like an app. Because what happens if Instagram shuts down tomorrow? Does that mean your business shuts down? Obviously not, right? So Instagram can be a great tool to aid us, to push us, to help us and spread word about what we do and gain people and customers, but kind of always keep at the back of your mind that I don't want to only rely on this. It's like putting all your eggs into one basket, right? So it's like, yeah. how do I build my email list? How do I build a list of people who I can connect with no matter what? True, so true. I'd say that. That's but having true. said that, Instagram is a great social media platform. Uh, it's helped me with a lot and a lot of business and to get like recognized and all of that. Yeah. True, true. So Sanjana, I have a question. While I have spoken about my onion philosophy, what is your philosophy about onions? <laughs> about, you know, your interview uh, in sync with God of Onions? 
No, but I loved what you said. I loved that you said that just the way we kind of get into a conversation where peeling out layer, over layer, yeah. over layer, and that makes so yeah. much sense because, um, you know, when you speak to someone or when you meet someone, um, there there's so much more than what you just see from the outside, right? And the more you kind of get deeper into it and connect with that person and talk to that person, you're able to peel off. those layers and reach a more vulnerable kind of you know true person or whatever you'd like to call it yes so true. <laughs> I, i definitely think that um i think it's a really nice i've never thought of it like that so it's really cool that you this is the name this is your kind of you know your platform and what you're doing Philo- i think yeah your even the philosophy so i think it's it's really cool and i i can't wait to see all your next interviews and podcasts as well True, true. I think the next podcast is with Hetal Shukla. You must have heard of him, the Lal Gadi, the Gaudi Gadi with yeah. points at Kala Goda yeah, Festival. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh he's, my gosh! Yes. Wow. He's going to be next after the in the third layer. So yeah. Ah, amazing. Yeah. No, no. It's yeah. so nice that and and then you know the thing is like you get such different perspectives from everybody, like different artists, different like creative entrepreneurs, and it's just so nice to like listen to like. their stories and their journey and it just gives you a different perspective to like see things yes that's very true so the next question shall i keep this uh, the last sure oh god yeah. there are so many would you what are some free resources to learn copper plate calligraphy from okay um free resources i would say check out my website check out kestrel ink me this website check out nina tran nina tran does these weekly live sessions i think it's every wednesday evening our time where she does these amazing uh, 30 minute lives where she tackles a lot of like questions doubts letter forms etc um you know there must be people who have like great uh, youtube channels uh, what i can do is i can give you a list i can give you all a list of like some resources and maybe we can put it up as a story or send it to these people um and they can check it out later on done done yeah yeah but definitely oh. check out david grimes website check out uh, i am pet because i know that they have stuff you can download amazing yes How do you think of great ideas like nameplates or wallpapers or painting plus calligraphy? I admire you. Wow, that's from my dot eleven B. Yes. Thank you. So I think that's a nice question because for me, what's kind of intrigued me always um, is the idea of what's next, or how can we take this to another level, or how can we convert ink on paper to something more. large real life size for example and how do we exactly what our like tagline is like how do we bring your words to life you know and with technology today and with our gadgets around us um there's unlimited like potential and possibilities so um for me it's always about like how do i play on different surfaces what is it that i can do um how do i make my calligraphy relatable or you know like how do we make sure that someone is because it's one thing to create beautiful words and just put it up on instagram but if you're trying to get clients you have to kind of 
show them how it's applicable in day-to-day things around them. Maybe it's home decor, maybe it's weddings, maybe it's, you know, the practical side of it, like where do you use your calligraphy? So I think that's how this kind of came up, like nameplates outside your house or making like wallpapers, because I'm trying to show you that even though I'm doing calligraphy and creating this, it's not just a pretty word written, it's actually usable. True. So, True. you know, like it's it's basically showing people the practicality of it, the usability of it, and making it relevant to them. True, true. So we have one minute more, guys. Yes. So what advice would you give to someone who wants to pursue their career as calligraphy artist? So we have kind of answered that. Yes, um, you, you, can, you actually can actually check the IGTV, which I've already posted on, on uh, God of Onions. So, yes. So, guys, um, do you all have any... Okay, another question. Yes. So, how can you... How can one start going about wall calligraphy? How can you... Uh, how can beginners help themselves? That's an amazing question. Yes. Okay. So, doing calligraphy on walls, so kind of painting murals and stuff... Um, it's a fun process. It's really amazing. I would definitely say, I don't know if she's already closed doors for this workshop, but there's an amazing lettering artist called Lauren Hom, H-O-M. And her Instagram account is called Hom Sweet Hom, you know, like home sweet home. Um, Interesting. <laughs> yeah. And she has just announced a workshop on mural painting. So Disha, if you're interested in that, you can definitely check her out. Um, so there's one thing where calligraphers or artists just paint a mural, but then there's a whole other world which is called sign painting. Okay, and that sign painting is a different skill altogether and there are some incredible sign painters who you can check. So sign painting, Disha, is another art form altogether. It's different skills, different kind of techniques. Um, and if you want, you know, you can definitely check out what sign painting is. Um, and sign painters basically create large outdoor lettering work. And this can be like anything from like a shop front to like an aeroplane to like a truck to like windows to like outdoor stuff. So sign painting is very, very interesting. There are some great sign painters out there. And of course, then there are mural artists like Gemma O'Brien is an excellent uh, illustrator, lettering artist who does very large scale murals so you want to check her out as well so she's awesome so, amazing yeah. and how do you get such wall projects is someone who's asked so i'll tell you one thing you if you want to do a wall project you need to put it out there showing people that you can do a wall project because nobody's going to come to you unless you show them at least one um example of it so a lot of times if there was something I wanted to do for the first time I had to actually create one and put it out to show people what it was and show people that I can do it so my first wall was actually for a friend's office and I was able to shoot it get pictures get pictures of me working and then put it up on Instagram to tell people that hey guys I also do this and I can paint your wall and then people see it and they're like, oh, wow, I don't mind getting my wall painted. But you need to show it to them first, you know, and you need to show them that this is what I've done. And even if it wasn't for a real client, just do one. 
do one and then say you did it for yourself or say you did it for a client or for a friend or whatever so people can actually see it and then reach out to you true true so where and how long does it take to get art copyrighted please explain i am sorry i'm not the best person to I, answer i i have that answer you can answer that so basically copyright start when um, the first time when you have created that artwork it becomes your copyrights itself so uh, you can mail it to yourself at a particular date and it becomes your copyright and you can actually show it as a proof as well that this is the art piece which you have created so you don't have to register per se so that's about the copyright yeah so is there a community for calligraphers where can uh, we join and get information and keep ourselves updated i think bombay lettering company has that i think sanjana you can um yeah just shoot us a dm and we can help you with you know with that we're trying we're in the process of coming up with something really exciting that is kind of community based also um but i would say in india that there there are a few like pockets so there are a few of these like whatsapp groups so there are these few groups of calligraphers from different parts of the country who have come together um so i do know that there's something called indian calligraphers something i can check and tell you um but yeah just message me and we can definitely help you at least connect with like our community and our audience and all of that amazing amazing yeah. i think uh, does anyone else have any questions i think uh, so amongst the questions i only have about wall art which you've already explained about so yeah, uh, okay. yeah so okay so now i'm going to conclude this live i think It has been amazing and very inspiring uh, interviewing you Sanjana it's been inspiring for me as well you're an amazing amazing calligrapher and an amazing person yourself i mean you know who who's so sweet to actually you know reply to you and you know literally when i had actually first time messaged you and you were like you know you would love to have live with me i mean you're quite humble yourself and um, it has been an honor having you on my platform thank you so much for being here and uh, guys thank please you. do for yeah. thank you yeah guys everyone follow god of onions <laughs> for those of you who haven't cuz she has some amazing like interviews and lives coming up um and i think what you're doing is really amazing so of course i'd love to be a part of it because you know at this point we're all trying to come together as a community and share what we know and share what we have and what we can to build everybody in the community together so for me it's an honor to be here so thank you thank you so much sanjana and uh, guys you all can also see this interview on my youtube channel as well god of onions and my spotify channel at god of onions and uh, thank you so much for being here and thank you for taking time from your busy schedule and being here guys thank so you nice. so nice we had like a hundred people at all times watching us on like a thursday morning so i mean that because of you so yeah <laughs> it's yes. nice to make you know to see everybody come and yeah it's really nice but thank you for having me it was fun thank you so okay. much sanjana okay. have thank an amazing you. day you too thanks bye bye